Hello and welcome to the Mind Money Soul podcast. I am your host, Laura Ann Moore. I'm a money and mindset coach and financial well-being speaker, and my mission is to help you feel good about money and learn how to use money as a tool to live your best life and work towards financial freedom, whatever that means to you. Every week, I explore the emotional, practical, and spiritual sides of money. So if you're ready to get financially confident, grow your money, and achieve your big life goals, then you're in the right place. Change your mindset, grow your money, feed your soul. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mind, Money, Soul. Now, this episode is a two-parter, so if you haven't checked out part one, that was last week's episode, Um, but it is the top eight tips to make your money work harder for you, and this is part two, so we're going to get tips five, six, seven, and eight. Sounds like I was about to do a dance. Five, six, seven, eight, my boot baby. You're welcome. Um, Now, making your money work harder for you is about doing the things to optimize the cash that you make. You work hard, right, to make money. So why not make that money work hard for you? What can happen is people can fly by, sail by in life, making all this money and then just not really feeling like they have anything to show for it or not really like maximizing on all the opportunities financially that you could have been. And it's not just about being financially savvy. It's about literally doing the things, sometimes taking risks, making investments that are going to propel you and you are going to support you to build wealth over a longer period of time. But it's about making your money work hard. You better work, bitch. So that brings us on to tip number five. To make your money work harder for you, you need to make investing a part of your financial plan. I'm going to say that one more time. To make your money work hard for you, you need to make investing a part of your financial plan. Now, this could be investing in stocks. It could be investing in property, funds, whatever it is. But when you invest your money, you're basically putting your money into something and hoping that you make a profit further down the line. So it's a way to build long term wealth. It is such an important piece of the financial puzzle when it comes to building wealth and making your money work hard for you. It's a big one. Now, there are so many ways that you can do it. And for me, property, not really my bag. I don't really know. I know enough about it, but I don't own a house. I don't have a mortgage. Look, it is what it is. Back when our parents and grandparents were like our age and they were like living it up and they were like saving their money, house prices were only about 3.5 times higher than the average salary in the UK. I'm I'm generalizing, right? But this is the averages. Now it's 9.5 times higher. So our wages have not gone up in alignment with our um with the house prices. It's it's mental. So for our parents, a financial um plan was to buy a house because that was so much easier. It was more affordable. It's more accessible. Even now when you get a mortgage, they on average go, what's three to four times um, what your salary is. And then that's what they say that they can lend you. But like back in, you know, years ago, well, that was the average price of a house. Whereas now when we go, what, three to four times the amount of my salary, like I can't afford anything in my area anywhere because everything is like double the price of that. And that's, that's the issue. So The way that we now invest in our generation to build financial security for the future is to invest in the stock market. 
that is something I do know about. I started investing maybe like three years ago. So I learned, yeah, I learned about it about three years ago. And to be completely honest, changed my life absolutely changed my life. It changed the way I viewed my future, the way I viewed my finances. And I was like, why isn't everybody doing this? Like it just blew my mind. But then you learn more about it and you read more about it and you go, oh, that's because the language is confusing. The the concepts are overcomplicated and it's like they're done on purpose just to stop people from investing. Conspiracy theory. Um, But that's how I feel about it. And I think it's so important to understand different concepts within investing and why investing should be part of your financial plan. It's a really important one. Now, if you have any money sat in cash in a bank account, you are basically losing money every year because of inflation. So that means your money is quite literally depreciating. It's losing its buying power year on year that it's sat in cash. Now to beat inflation and to retain the value of your money, you need to be investing it into something that beats the inflation rate. And that's where investing comes in. Now, I've got some other episodes on this. And I also have a Feel Good Investor course, which is going to be being relaunched uh, within the next few weeks. So keep your eyes peeled on that. And it basically teaches you everything you need to know if you are a beginner investor. So it teaches you about the practical side of investing and the emotional side of investing, basically to help you actually understand the concepts and feel confident in investing. It's going to actually help you go from having nothing invested to investing your first pound and seeing how you can become a millionaire within a certain period of time based on your investing, long-term investing strategy. I mean, what more do you want? Um, so yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. But when it comes to the stock market, we are so lucky nowadays that we have immediate access to it. Back then, you know, it was all for the rich people, but now you could literally get investing with like five pounds, a phone, internet, and five pounds. That's all you need because some apps, that's all you require. So it's so easy. There is so few, I guess, obstacles to get started, except the confidence and your, and your own education in what you're doing. So that brings me on to my sixth point, which is invest in yourself. Make your money work harder for you by investing in yourself. Now, if you if you are investing, right, uh, you're essentially putting money into something and hoping to get a return on investment. The same goes for investing in yourself. When you invest in yourself, you are spending your money on yourself, on your skills, on your life, on your quality of life, on building your confidence, whatever it is, and you are going to get a return on investment and you're going to expand your income ceiling. So your earning potential, it's the, the return on investment is priceless. So investing in yourself is going to boost your confidence in your own abilities. It's going to have a positive impact on your self-esteem. It's going to equip you with new knowledge and skills. It's going to help you focus on personal development. There are so many good, good reasons for investing in yourself. But let me just like, let me give a few examples, right? So first of all, let's say you invest in upskilling in your career and you learn something new. You're going to potentially expand your earning capacity by God knows how much, you know, within your industry, you it might take you to the next level of the career. That's the next level salary banding. Or if in my case, you know, you quit your full-time job and you get skilled up in a certain area, I've essentially smashed through my income ceiling barrier because there's going to be no limit to the amount of money I can make. It's more just going to be how my business goes and what I do. So that kind of thing really is 
priceless. Your ability, this is why people go to uni, right? They go to uni, they spend 30, 40, 50, 60K, however much it is, in the hope that in the future, though that grade, that bit of paper, that degree is going to get them a much better job, a much more higher paid job than if they hadn't. And they'll be able to afford to pay off that student debt and also then make more. So they're, they're, expanding their earning potential. Now, obviously, it depends on where you went to uni. Um, some of my friends who went to uni in London 10 years later down the line are still paying off their debt and it's actually more than it started. So whether you pay it off or not is a whole other thing. But you get the point of investing in yourself. Not everything is like uni. I'm talking if you also invest in a coach, if you invest in a personal trainer, if you invest in courses and programs and books and self-development. I just think there is nothing better than that. Now, let's just say you invested in a finance coach like me. Yes, it's an initial upfront cost, but the return on investment is huge, right? Maybe you are going to get out of debt once and for all, or you're going to actually learn how to save your money and not dip into it, or you're actually going to learn how to invest your money. And all these things in the long run are going to help you grow your money. So even if it's an initial spend upfront, the end result is that you're going to make more, have more, hold on to more and grow your money better. If we also give the example of, let's say you invest in a personal trainer, the benefits for your health mean you're going to have so much more energy and excitement and health for the day, which is going to help you go out into the world and maybe have more ideas, be more creative, make more money. So they all feed into each other. Spending money on yourself and investing in yourself is not a bad thing. Money is not only there to be saved, it's there to be spent, it's there to be enjoyed and it's there to be invested. So don't forget that when you're thinking about investing, think about how you can also invest in yourself and expand your future capabilities for making and having more money. Now, number seven is about using rewards cards. I can't even say it. Use reward cards to get points or bonuses. So I love a good points card. I've got an Amex where I get air miles and I've officially reached uh, having the companion voucher. Now, before I was actually quite fuming about it because I was like, I'm single. I don't have a fucking companion. But now they let you have 50% off any flights. So a win is a win. But there are some amazing cards out there that you can um, get benefits from just simply for spending money. You can get cashback ones. You can get reward points that can be spent in different stores. You can get air miles, loads of different things. So there isn't one right or wrong one. It's more about you asking yourself, what is it that I want? And how much do I think I'm going to spend on this credit card? I'm like, is it actually going to be worth my while? Now, the reason why I was able to get my companion voucher was because I... Um, I used to, well, I sometimes do, but I used to use my credit card religiously as my spending account. And then I would pay off the credit card at the end of the month. But I was racking up, you know, a good, all of my spending was going on there except my bills. So of course I was getting loads of air miles. I'd love to know how many I actually had, but it's, it's a, it's a good chunk. So, and for me, traveling is one of my um, financial values. So if I can do something that's going to help me travel more for cheap, a win is a win. You know, that's a that's the dream. So yeah, check out reward point bonuses credit cards and um see what you see what uh see what's on offer, you know. And then number eight is to make your money work harder for you, you need to have developed some form of passive income. Now this one is a little bit fluffy because passive income means something different to everyone. And what people think is passive income isn't. It's actually semi-passive income because there is still a level of work involved. But it's the basis of not trading 
all of your time for money. So when you are working, that's exactly what you do. And I will do this many hours and I will make this much money. You're trading your your, your time for money. But with passive and semi-passive income, you are making money from things that require little to no effort. So for example, you could be letting out your room or your home on Airbnb, or you could be a landlord and you could have a letting agent that that manages that money. Now, there is obviously a level of like semi-work that needs to be done if you're managing it or in the initial setup, but you're basically making money whilst you sleep. You're not really doing stuff, right? Everybody wants to make money whilst they sleep. That is the dream, no pun intended. So finding ways to do that is going to be key. Now, this doesn't have to be, this isn't all just about like side hustle culture, make as much as you can, like that kind of thing. It's more about how can I diversify my income streams so that I am building financial security and making money and not always having to, um, what's the word, swap out time money. And there's a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I read, changed my life. And it talks a lot about this, which is so interesting. So definitely go and check that out if you want to learn a bit more about that. And if you want me to do a whole episode on passive income, um, please do let me know, slide into my DMs. But yeah, they are the the second top eight tips of uh, making your money work harder for you. So that's making investing a part of your financial plan, investing in yourself and expanding your income ceiling, using reward cards or points uh, to get cash back or air miles, and then developing passive income. So I hope you found this second half of the episode useful. And as always, please do slide into my DMs. I'm always open for a chat about money. And I hope that you tune in next week for the next episode. Have a lovely day. Mwah.